Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you for joining us. I had a guest on my show last week, and I got him back again, and I want to continue our interview. He is Tim Trinham. He is the uh, kitchen supervisor, the cook, the chef, uh, counselor sometimes, and all those things. And I wanted to have him on the show, but not to necessarily talk about the mechanics of cooking, uh, although we're going to be coming up to the holidays faster than we actually know it. And there's a lot of preparation work. And uh, in a time of COVID, it's also very strange because we don't exactly know from day to day what we're going to have to deal with. So that is tough. But like we are going to do until this whole situation with the fires, with Afghanistan, uh, with the violence on the street, we're going to open with prayer. And that prayer is is going to be for all those situations that are happening right now. So if you would indulge me, if you're at home, you can close your eyes. If you're driving along, just pray with me. And I know that the one thing that, as a believer in Christ, I know that God hears my prayers. And he always answers, not always the way we want him to, but always what is best. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, as we come to you today, we have troops in harm's way. Father God, we have brave young men and women in all the different branches of the service with them right now in Afghanistan. We have citizens of the United States that are trapped over in Afghanistan, and I pray that there will be a way to bring them out safely. Father, we have those that were friends of, of ours in Afghanistan that worked with us and served with us that also need to be extricated from there. Father God, I just, I just... My heart is breaking for all the people that are suffering right now, and I just ask you bring them back. My heart also breaks for the firefighters who day after day have, there's a reason that they have called them smoke eaters because the smoke is so intense. When it moved down the hill and I was inundated with the smoke, it was choking, and I didn't have to be in it. I didn't have to go out day after day with a heavy outfit on. Father God, these, these men are overheated. They're overworked. They're choked with smoke, and we don't even know what the long-lasting effects of those things are. Brave men and women who've come from everywhere to put these California wildfires out. So guard their hearts and their minds and their souls and their bodies. And Father God, I just... I just ask that you be with them. I also pray for all those that they have been protecting, for those whose homes have been lost in the wildfire, for those that are fearful of losing their homes in the wildfire. I just praise your name, Father God, in everything you do and ask that you surround them. Father, every day there are men and women out in the streets serving as police officers, 
and every day their lives are on the line as well. So, Father, for our troops, for our firefighters, for our police officers, and for everyone who is serving in any capacity, I just ask that you bless them, keep them, and may those people who are in harm's way of the fire, may they turn to you, and may they know that, Father God, no matter what happens, you are Lord, you are holy, and you are sovereign. It is by your grace we have been saved, through faith and that not even of ourselves. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. Praise your name, and be with us even on this show today. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Amen. So, thank you guys uh, so much. I am just, uh, Tim Tim Trenum and I were sitting here, and we were talking about some of those things. And last time, we talked a little bit about the fact that cooking is one of the things he does. He teaches men how to cook and how to serve in a kitchen. And maybe for the very first time ever, they had responsibilities. How does that affect them, Timothy, from your perspective? Well, I think it's uh, actually very beneficial. It gives them a sense of purpose and direction. Uh, Being on the streets, they never had that opportunity to do that. They kind of got up and did what they want when they wanted to do it. And I think by coming in and working in the kitchen, they not only receive direction and some sense of uh, self-worth, on the flip side of that, they're doing and serving a good cause because they're actually in the midst of feeding homeless and feeding the people once where they were. And it's giving back to the community, and that's what we do there. That's just one facet of what we do there. And I think their hearts get full when they see their friends that are still on the streets and still struggling, saying, hey, thank you. And brother, you know what? I'm seeing a change in you, and I'm noticing you. And that's that testimony you and I were talking about. And if that rings out true to them, that testimony, God working through them, would bring more people to Christ. And and that's what we want to do. We want to bring everybody in. We want to see that everybody gets that 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 transformation and gets back out society, back with their family, their kids. And just being a little part of that is is a blessing to me. And I thank God every day that He allows me that opportunity. Love does not always look like that sweet, flowery, syrupy, drippy kind of thing we often associate with love. Love is much deeper than that, is it not? Absolutely, and I think a lot of times is we have to address uh, men as men, yep. and we have to give them direction man to man. And being my age and working with the gentlemen that are 30 and I just hope I can guide them in the right direction. I pray that God gives me that wisdom through him that I can give a gentleman a helping hand or say the right words or sit down, let's open the Bible, and let's see what God says about the situation. I just I allow myself to be a vessel today for God, and whatever I can do to see or be a part of their transformation, I thank God every day for well, getting to that that love situation, sometimes love demands that we be demanding. 
Absolutely. And uh, we also talked a little bit last week about, well, the last show, we talked about the fact that sometimes when they have come and they have never had responsibility, you have given them responsibility, and sometimes you need to correct them to do it the right way or to do it with purpose and not just be lax, adaisical. There is hygiene and cleanliness that needs to be done in the kitchen on a regular basis. And some of the guys, you know, many of them uh, understand the hygiene thing, but some have been out on the streets so long they just don't always get it, right? Correct. And it's uh, a sitting people down explaining to them the overall aspect of the operations of the kitchen. Okay, we do this for this reason. I ask you to do this for this reason. And it's because we have to operate under a set of rules as well. So it isn't that I'm just preaching rules to you and how to do things. We have to operate this kitchen because we're responsible for feeding, you know, 8,000 people a month. That We take their health in our own hands. So when... I share to the guys, we have to wash this this way. Your hands have to continually be washed. Right. You have to wa- wear gloves to do this. Sometimes they get frustrated, and then I have to explain to them the reasons why. And I think once we explain the reasons why, they seem to get it. Some people take a little longer, and they want to buck the system. But eventually they understand because... I'll give everybody grace and mercy, but then I will correct you yeah. as, a, as a kitchen supervisor because that falls on me at the end right. of the day. No, and, and I absolutely agree with that. I think what we need to understand is that there are rules and regulations, and, and none of the things that we're trying to do are just arbitrary for no particular reason. It is the same in God's kingdom When he gives us rules to live by, things to do and things not to do, it's not just a capricious God who's saying to us, okay, I want to kill your fun, I want to kill your joy, I want you to just do what I say. No, everything he tells us is is for his glory, but it's also for our good, is it not? Absolutely. You do not clean the slicer right and you'll cut off your fingertips. Absolutely. You don't clean the stove or the the cooktop which is gas with the with the oil in the grill brick and you do it wrong and you're going to find out what a burn feels like right not, and not only yourself you could start a fire it could be a fire in the building and now you got other lives at risk and that's, that's right. the key that that is the key and so everything that is done in the kitchen, although it may not seem to make any sense to the guys in the beginning, everything that we are doing, everything Tim is trying to do as far as safety and as far as cleanliness and hygiene go, is simply for their good as well and for the guests and for all of us. You know, most people don't realize it, but Tim makes breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the mission. And we serve the guests the dinner, and we serve our program guys the breakfast and the lunch and dinner. And I have always encouraged the staff to come and eat in the dining hall with the program guys. And uh, so we eat the same food. And uh, we want our staff healthy too. Absolutely. And so there's nobody, there's nothing that's done in there that, we are doing just because we want it done that way. 
And so Tim has always done a, a, a very good job at keeping that. Matter of fact, was it two years ago you two got years. the safety award? Mm -hmm, for the year, yeah. And what was that exactly? Well, that's uh, no uh, health department comes in four times a year like they do regular restaurants. And that's for having no, uh, no write-ups and uh, everything being above board as far as the cleansiness and storage and stocking of items and just the overall care that comes with the kitchen. So when you tell them to do something, you're doing it just to show them how powerful you are? Oh, no. If I wanted to do that, I'd go back into retail management. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, here, you know, and I tell people all the time, I'm a work in progress, too. I went through the program. I've worked there for 10 years, so I understand that I'm also on a day-to-day -day learning, and my walk of sanctification might be a little longer than theirs, but I still am work in progress, and I'm just a little apt now to be aware when I overstep i tend to want to pull them in and say you know i'm sorry if you personalize it wasn't meant that way and uh i want them to understand because i want nothing but the best of them but i also want them to understand the reason i'm saying the things i'm saying yeah no and and that's absolutely true i remember a situation years ago with one of the employees and there was a difference i had not been at the mission very long and I wanted something done out on the porch. I wanted the guys not to be talking to the guests all the time because things get passed. And, and uh, he challenged me on that, and I reminded him that I'm not making this an arbitrary rule. This is a rule that the mission has had for decades, done by men who looked and saw how it worked. I'm not initiating it. I'm keeping it going because I can see the wisdom of what they, they saw. And, you know, if something is working well and there's a rule, before you go out and you want to change that rule, you need to find out what the ramifications. There are always consequences for the things we do. And a rule may look silly to you until you find out what that rule was all about. And sometimes it's a rule that, that maybe does need to change. But certainly most of the time, you need to take a hard look at it, correct? Absolutely. I think just by understanding, uh, like we were talking about, gentlemen come in and they haven't been responsible to be having a job for a while. So it takes them a while to get into it. But I think when God starts to work on their heart and starts to soften their heart a little bit, I think then they take the time to want to understand, okay, I need to do this for this reason. Like I said, it all boils down to we have, uh, we have the health of all our guests and all our staff and our men in the program hands in our hands, and we want to ensure and make sure that we do and things properly the way it's to be done. No shortcuts can be done in the kitchen when it comes to somebody's health. No. And and we and I know for a fact that Tim does adhere to all those things. We have, you know, when a guy's working there, he has to have a food handler's ca uh, card, right? And so Tim takes all that very seriously, all the temperatures, all the things, all the cleanliness. He'll admonish a guy if he sees him doing something that he thinks is not sanitary in any way. And so I'm just saying that I know that Tim really works hard on doing these things. 
It, it amazes me sometimes. This was an actual thing that happened. It's not the only time it happened. But there was a guy that came on the program, and he was questioning uh, the temperature of the food or if it was handled properly. And I thought, because I know who this guy was, and a week before he was out dumpster diving, but now he's got to be assured that the food has been handled properly. Well, we illuminated him to the fact that everything has been handled properly, prepared good, and none of the food, contrary to what some people think, is expired food. Which leads me to remind everybody, if you're going to donate canned food or something uh, to the mission, it has to be within the dates. We cannot serve anything, nor would we even, that is out of date. And, and I guess the rule would always be, if you won't serve it to your family, uh, we can't serve it to ours. And that's really how we look at it. So it's amazing how there are those folks that seem to think there's a difference between, you know, I guess if, you, if you're a homeless person, you can eat anything, and that's simply not the case. And so we never function. How many times, Timothy, have you had to throw something over? It was good, but it hit that expiration date. Well, I can't, you know, and there's some things that you can exceed that date, but you know, you have to actually know. I try to put my hands on everything that's in the refrigerator. If a truck comes in, I, I'm always present. I want to be able to see because uh, I hold a different uh, card than the food handler's card. I had a food manager's card, and everybody knows if you have that, then you're talking about air pathogens. You're talking about uh, a whole lot of uh, diseases and airborne diseases and things of that nature. So it's crucial that the cooks know, but I'd like to know everything that goes on in the kitchen. Uh, people say I'm micromanaging, and I'm okay with that when it comes to our guest health. Well, because it has to be that way. Exactly. For you, it would be that way for me, too. And, that, and that's just the way I operate, and, uh, and, and I'm very serious about that. So, yeah, I'm a little hard boss sometimes when it comes to preparation and handling food and you know eggs out of date and things like that rotating the food make sure our food is fresh and rotated uh, and that's just mandatory there's no gray area in that yeah i mean if i have food at home and it hits the expiration date i'm and it's four days later i'm i'm gonna look at it and smell it but i'm i'm using it but we don't do that at the mission. If it hits the expiration date, it's finished, unless it's been frozen. Um, you know, before we run out of time, a friend of mine, I loaned them a book called The Light and the Glory. And it was so fortuitous because, as I said, both Tim, myself, and the whole mission are so concerned about our troops, about uh, the firefighters, about just people in general who have served, and then tying in with what Tim said about love and humility and what we need to do. We need to act in a, in a fashion that is honorable, that is humble, and, and it is hard for the human heart to be humble. The uh, human heart doesn't want to be. And so as, as she brought me back the book at the station here, and it's laying on the top, and I had it open. I had 
highlighted something many years ago because I've had this book forever. And uh, so as I'm sitting here, I just scanned through it. I'm talking to Tim, and I was thinking it is so appropriate. So I'd like to read you just one little passage from The Light and the Glory, and it's by Peter Marshall and David Manuel. So it says, And now make it my earnest prayer that God would incline the hearts of the citizens to entertain a brotherly affection for one another, for their fellow citizens of the United States at large, and particularly for their brethren who have served in the field. And we've got a lot of brethren serving in the field right now. And finally, that he most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love, mercy, and demean ourselves with the charity, humility, and specific temper of mind, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our religion and without a humble imitation of those examples in these things, we can never hope to be a happy nation. And we cannot hope to be a happy nation. We cannot hope to be a happy people. And we cannot be ha- have a happy, harmonious mission without these things anyway. It is hard to keep the lid on things sometimes. Uh, we have confrontations sometimes with people who are on drugs or alcohol coming from the outside and things, but we have to keep our heads about us at all times. And sometimes it isn't easy, is it, Timothy? No, absolutely not. And so we have to always look back and reflect on the fact that God had infinite patience for us. And I don't even come close to having the patience that God did I was listening to Alistair Begg the other day, and he was talking about how when he was trying to teach his his son how to ride a bike when he was little, he ran out of patience with him, and to this day, it bothers him. And he said, I hope my son doesn't even remember it. But regardless, we, we need to show that kind of love and compassion. If we don't have it, where do we need to be, Tim, to get that love and, and compassion? In the Bible. On our knees. On our knees and in our Bible. That is right. Because the author of love can be found in those pages. You know, he, and don't misunderstand, you can't just read the Bible and there's God. But if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, you have God living within you, he will translate that Bible for you. Amen. Timothy, we're down to one minute. Is there anything you would like to say to these? God bless everybody out there that continues to patronize and donate to the mission. And please keep our armed forces in prayer. Amen. And our president as well. Yep. And remember that Danny out at the mission is requesting if anybody has a forklift that runs on LPG gas, has a 187-inch lift, and 3,000 pound capacity or greater, we'd love to have you donate your forklift to us. (laughs) I love you guys. And so as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.
listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.